Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. I am so glad you're joining me for Off the Bench at my little corner of the internet. Today, I'm going to air part two of my interview with the Patriot extraordinaire Rick Green. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Hope you guys are doing great today. Uh, You're in for a power-packed podcast today because Rick and I are hitting on some really important issues. We're going to be talking about what it means to tend the garden and why it's so important that we do not disengage. What does it mean to be a biblically literate citizen in the country right now? All these questions are so important and uh, we're going to get to them today. Before we do, I want to give a shout out to a couple of people who have been supporting the podcast. Thank you to Kelly from Wiley, Texas. Kelly, Kelly, we so appreciate your support. Margaret from Birmingham, Alabama, who said, Heidi, words cannot describe the fire you are igniting in me and the hearts of your listeners. You know what, Margaret? I hope that that's true, that this is really igniting a fire in you. And if it's been true in the past, it's definitely going to be true today because uh, Rick Green is here and he's going to do exactly that. So I hope you guys will enjoy part two of my interview with my friend, Rick Green. And the, the other the other thing we've got to do, and I know you are committed to this and I have been for a long, long time, is telling parents, listen, um, it's education. <laughs> like You guys, education is the front lines. I mean, look what they're doing in our universities. Look what's happening in our public schools. Here in Washington State, the public school system is on fire. I came out a couple of years ago and I said something that got me roundly criticized, but I, I still believe it. I, I do not believe, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, I do not believe that the public school system is salvageable at this point. Point. I think we've gone too far. I think it has to be, it would have to be completely dismantled because it's being run by the teachers unions, which are just wicked. I was reading, oh my goodness, I was reading uh, in Chicago and in Pasco, Washington, you know, people are trying to get the, the schools to open up and the teachers unions will not do it. I know a teacher that has refused to teach online unless she can get the COVID vaccine. Someone tell me. I'm like, what is going? I thought you people cared about kids. This yeah. isn't about kids. It's about politics. It's amazing to me. And I'm I'm telling parents, get your kids out of these schools and start taking responsibility for their education. No doubt about it. And and I agree with you. I mean, I, I think they proved how useless they are uh, during the whole uh, COVID situation. And thankfully, a lot of parents found homeschooling during uh, this case. It's, it's kind of like what you said earlier. I mean, a lot of the corruption in the election process has been revealed. So uh, on a silver lining side of this thing, look, a lot of the bad that's been going on in our country is finally out in the daylight for at least half the country. I, I realize we have echo chambers. I realize half the country just continues to get lies. And the other half is starting to seek that truth truth and has different sources for their news. And so they get some of these things. But for that half, man, I mean, we're we're not only uncovering the corruption, we're, we're uncovering the worthlessness of the public education system. And if you want to really know what's at stake, just look at the 1776 commission. I think it was one of the most important things that Trump did. His, his ruling to say no critical race theory in, in federal programs and all that, and then doing the 1776 commission, the good work that they did in a short period of time. And then for Joe Biden to pull that down off the president's website, I mean, at 1201 when he's inaugurated, it just tells you they want critical race theory. They want to divide us by race. They want to run America down. Anything that's positive about America and how she's been the greatest national force for good in the history of the world, any of that, they don't want that taught in our schools. They've removed it from our education system. It's all about how evil we are. What do we really want to send our children into a system that's going to program them to believe they live in a horrible nation? I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. 
but that's what Marxists do. And they absolutely control the education system, especially at the university level, but frankly, at the elementary level as well in most states. And I couldn't agree with you more. We have to absolutely get school choice, allow more parents to get out of that system and into homeschooling or into a private school. And we've got to start more schools. I mean, more private schools. We, we've we really got to start everything, right? We've got to rebuild from the, from the bottom up. We've got to have the technology outlets. We've got to have the banking outlets. They want to stop us from even being able to be in polite society or engage in commerce. And we, we don't, you know, our side doesn't know how to fight this fight. The other side <laughs> has been in the trenches scratching and clawing. For 50 years, they put in the hard work. They work. They, they they often cheat, but they also do the hard work. Our side has not even been engaged, and we don't realize what we're up against. Even some of our good congressmen, they were up there playing, you know, high school debate class oh, instead no. of realizing they are they are in a rhetorical war with these people, and they have to to learn how to fight this. And anyway, so there's there's a lot of work to do, Heidi. No doubt about it. But the good news is. Our ranks are swelling. People Mm. are absolutely lining up to get involved. I'm getting so many calls and emails. What can I do? What can I do? I'm ready to engage. You've been saying this stuff for years, and now I get it. I realize I was wrong to sit on the sidelines, and we got to get out of our bubble and get involved. So all of the right questions are being asked, and people are wanting to get engaged. We just got to make sure we have righteous outlets for them to engage in, or you're going to see more violence. I mean, people are frustrated. I'm telling you, civil war is not outside the realm of possibility for our country. And so as Christians— we don't want that. We don't want that to happen in our country. What we've got to do is help give people outlets to steer that anger. It's okay to be angry, but you got to be angry and sin not, right? You got to actually, you know, move that into a, into a place that can actually make a difference. Well, and I think we don't, we're not used to, I mean, we have been on the, uh, on the defense for so long, you know, about a week ago, I started telling people, we got to go on offense. <laughs> like, we right. need to go on offense. And these guys have been on offense forever. We're always on defense, even defense with the transgender issue. I mean, these are things where these people have been telling us forever that we're science deniers because we believe that abortion is the taking of an innocent human life. Oh no, you're a science denier. But that guy right there that you can definitely tell is a man. No, he's not a man. You got to deny what you see with your eyes, deny what your brain is telling you, deny what you know about, about human anatomy and physiology and we're going to not deny all that and we're going to say that guy is a woman. I mean, it's it's crazy. And the only way you come out and you beat these kinds of things, I'm always telling people, listen, the only answer to a bold lie is bold truth. That's right. You've got to be bold. We got to stop, you know, we got to stop uh, tiptoeing around this stuff and actually go on the offense and stop being afraid to speak the truth in the public square. Listen to all of our friends that are that are that are pastors that are in the church and that have been afraid to take on these tough issues. Look at what's happening right now. You you have a president that a month before the election sat there with George Snuffleupagus, Snuffleupagus, I like to call him. Exactly, Snuffleupagus from, uh, yeah, from, and, from Sesame Street. Yeah, and he, and he puts on this, you know, weepy, I understand when the lady stands up and talks about her eight-year-old transitioning. And he, and he has, has supported the child abuse of transitioning an eight-year-old. And then he turns around, and the second most powerful person in the nation now with regard to health care policy, just a few years, short years ago, would have been considered to have a clinical mental illness. And yet this man who has been acting like he's a woman in Pennsylvania, and I'm sorry to our friends in Pennsylvania who throughout COVID have had to watch this guy on television tell you how to take care of your health. But that's the kind of person that in every medical journal, every medical school just a few years ago would have said had a mental illness. And now he is in charge, second in command, of 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 healthcare in the country. I mean, that's where we are, folks. We have got mm-hmm. to wake up. We're in a Romans one situation here. We've got to start stop supporting those who do this kind of evil. 
and we have got to, like you said, go on offense. I love the way you think. I love your tone. I love your attitude about it. Telling people not to fear, to get in there, to engage. I mean, this is what we need. We need more Heidi's. This is what we need. We need more people out there. But My the husband folks that would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, the folks that are listening need to not just listen, right? I mean, when you yes. every day when Heidi's talking about this stuff, go take action on the things that she's telling you to do. We cannot sit on the sidelines, and there is much to do. And that's so. So don't don't be. Um, um, is it not disenfranchised? I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but d- so discouraged that you think mm-hmm. well, my action's not going to make a difference or I'm just one person or, you know, the, 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 the situation is too bad or the, the system is too big. Those are the things that people tell themselves to not take action. And I understand those things can be discouraging or maybe you've taken action before and you didn't get the result that, that you wanted. Listen, remember what Joshua was told. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. He was told to be strong and of a good courage. We need to hear that message. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid. Be courageous and step out. And maybe it's a little thing. Maybe it's just, you know, having a Bible study in your home and getting some people to come over and have some actual fellowship. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. doing one of our Constitution classes in your home and get them to talk about the big issues of the day. I mean, biblical citizenship is a vitally important topic for us to talk about. And maybe for some of the folks that are listening out out there, it is putting your name on the ballot and running for water district or school board or whatever it might be. But some kind of action step, start moving in that direction. And you'll find every time you do that, it'll encourage other people. You raise the banner, other people will rally. And I mean, that's what changes things is it takes that kind of massive action on our part as citizens to not sit on the sidelines, but actually say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Tell Mm -hmm. me what to do. Give me wisdom and discernment, but tell me, give me something to go do. Yeah. And finding out what your unique thing is. And people ask me, I'm sure they're asking you and I the same question. Where do we go now? What do we do now? And I'm always, my question, I will usually answer a question back. I'll usually answer with a question and say, what is it of all the things that are happening in the culture right now? What breaks your heart the most? Mm. What just, what just makes you, you know, you're praying about this. Your heart is broken about it. You read every news article that some people will say it's abortion. Some people will say it's, uh, it's immigration and it's our national sovereignty. That's what's really bothered me. A lot of people in my circle, of course, are there, they're, they're up in arms about education and wanting to protect the hearts and minds of our kids. Usually whatever that is, that's, that's, um, that's prompting you to prayer. That's the avenue that God wants you to take in, in terms of getting, because it's too big, right? We could look at this and go, well, you know, we got we, all these issues with the Keystone pipeline. Does that make Heidi St. John really angry? Yes. Am I going to do something about it? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to talk about it, but energy is not my jam. I can look at that and go, gosh, you know, look at that in with this, with a stroke of a pen, you just put 10,000 people out of work and we can talk all day long about how that's wrong, but I'm not going to get involved in the energy sector. It's not, I don't know enough about it, except for to know that that was a bad decision. I think you don't have to have a degree uh, to know that that was a bad decision, but what is it that, that really, uh, that makes your heart just beat faster and you go, man, that is just, that's something I want to lend my voice to. Or maybe you go door knocking for a candidate who's going to speak for you, or maybe you go down and you get involved. I love this. I mean, why are not more Christians on the school board, for goodness sake. Uh, these are important. We think that they're not, but they are. The guy who's ahead of Parks and Recs right here in Vancouver, Washington, people go, well, who cares who's on the board? You don't care until that dude allows a drag queen to come and basically do a strip show in front of all the little kids that are in the park. Yep. Why? Yep. Because we had a wicked person in Parks and Rec. That's why. And, and, and it's the same on the school board. I mean, even if you homeschool or your kids are in private school, 
run for your local school board so that you can keep critical race theory and and the 1619 project out of your local school. Keep that poison away from the kids that your kids are growing up with and that will end up being the leaders and the business leaders and all of those things in your community 10, 15, 20 years from now. So serving on the school board, you don't have to have a kid in that school to do that. And and as much as I, you know, encourage people to homeschool and get their kids out of that system, I realize, you know, 80% of the kids are still there. So Mm -hmm. serving in those capacities is vitally, vitally important. And it's not that hard. I mean, it, I shouldn't say it that way. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not that, it's not that complicated. Let me put it that way. It does take hard work. You've got to put in the time and the effort, but, but don't ever sit back and think, well, I couldn't do that. I couldn't win. I'm from, you know, the wrong side of the tracks or I'm from whatever. Everybody's got their excuses. Listen, that person that's got elected or that you see on the ballot, I promise you they had similar challenges and all of those things. You can do this. This system was designed for us, the citizens, for we, the citizens, to be the ones to run for office and to be engaged. We got to get rid of this aristocratic ruling class mentality that we have. And we need more normal people that just, you know, are willing to go, you know, serve for a while and come home and not have these lifelong politicians that, that, you know, make a, make a, a, a a ton of money out of it. And, and, and they, you know, love living off the government dole. We need people that are willing to go and say, hey, I'm willing to serve for a while and then come home. We need more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or people who just go, you know what? I actually like my life. I'm not right. unhappy with my life. I don't want to be a career politician, but enough is enough is enough is enough. And yeah. people to stand up and say, I love that. I love that you're reminding everybody that our system was very uniquely designed for the citizens to play a part in it. And what's happened over the last 50, 60, 70, 100 years is that every single year that engagement of the citizenry is dropping and we have got to stop. We, I mean, to, uh, to me, it's, we're at such a precipitous moment in our nation's history. If we don't stem the bleeding, if we can't get ordinary citizens off the bench and onto the battlefield, we really will be in trouble in 10 years. You know, there was a, a pastor, oh gosh, it's been 200 years ago because it would have been uh, around 1801, Matthias Burnett. And he said, to God and posterity, you are accountable for your rights and your rulers. Let not your children have reason to curse you for giving up those institutions. I, I mean, that really is what's at stake here. We're, we're not talking about hypothetical anymore. I mean, used to when I would give speeches talking about, hey, you need to be involved and we're going to lose our freedom if we're not more involved. I mean, now people go, yeah, I get it. I've I lost freedom this year. I've seen what's happening in our country. And so if you want to stop that bleeding, if you want to actually be a part of the solution, you can. I mean, it is a beautifully designed system. It is flawed just like any other. I think it was Franklin that said it's the worst form of government other than every other one. <laughs> so it's got its flaws, but it's, it's far better than like you said. Socialism and communism have never worked. They've always been terrible uh, for the, the average person and for most people. We have a great system. We have a wonderful system that's being torn apart by those that want power so bad that they're willing to destroy our nation over it. So we have to step into the breach right now. And and the good news is we can rebuild the walls yes. as they did Nehemiah. If we'll work where we've been planted, right there where the wall is close to you, whatever it is that God puts on your heart. I love how you describe that, Heidi. I'm going to borrow that. But I mean, whatever's <laughs> grieving you, whatever's, whatever's pricking your heart right now and saying, man, I want to, I wish that wasn't happening in my country. That grieves me. I, I want to make a, a difference there. Get out there and start dedicating a little bit. We're not asking you to Totally rearrange your whole life. A little bit of your time, a little bit of your money, and certainly your sacred honor. Lives, fortune, sacred honor. Being willing to stand up and speak truth. If we'll all give a little bit in those arenas, we can turn this thing back around. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, the Bible teaches us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we're recognizing that as the Spirit of the Lord is squashed and squashed and squashed and squashed, we are losing our liberty. And it they, those two those two things go hand in hand. I was talking to a state senator from Iowa, Dan Zumbach, last week on the show. And I asked him, you know, what prompted you? This is a guy who's uh, like a third generation farmer and rancher, had a great life. And he ended up running and, and winning a seat for the Iowa State Senate. And I said, you know, why did you do that? And he said, you know, I wasn't really sure, except for I knew somebody had to do something. And if it wasn't going to be me, who was it going to be? Mm. And so he said, I started praying about it. He gets he gets elected. He said, I didn't think I could win. I didn't know the first thing about politics, except for the decisions they were making were stupid. He's like, that's what I knew for sure. Like, that's stupid. You never ran a farm. You don't know what you're talking about. So he said, I get there. And I, um, they say, hey, we want to put you on the committee, the agriculture committee. Well, it turns out that the guy on the agriculture committee hated the agriculture community and basically wanted to see it go away. Wow. And that at that moment, he said, that's why I knew that that's why God put me there. Because my my um, area of expertise and my love for this for this earth and my bringing biblical uh, biblical uh, foundations to it to say, hey, listen, we were told to steward the earth. And this guy wants to just, you know, eradicate agriculture. He said, why, why don't we steward it well instead of eradicate? He said, that's why God put me there. And I know that there are people listening to this right now and they feel that little tug on their heart and it's been there for a long time and they just keep going, I don't know. You guys stop pushing that little voice to the back of your head and start listening to it because it's never been more important than it is right now. Amen. Amen. Uh, when you said that, it made me think of um, some of the new material we put in this course we just produced called um, Biblical Citizenship in Modern America. And, and Kirk Cameron does the whole thing on the monument, and it's really, really powerful. But David Barton had a new part that 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 we filmed where he talked about tending the garden, that, that that was what God put us here for, was to tend the garden. And the garden is our neighborhood. It's our community. It's our yeah. our state, our nation. And and by not tending the garden, by not paying attention to these things and whatever that voice is telling you to, to get involved, I mean, we're, we're really not, we're not obeying God's commands. I mean, he said, yeah. occupy until I return. He's yes. given us all these great talents of freedom and everything else that we have. And and to not be engaged in those things, uh, man, I don't. I just don't want to be that wicked and slothful servant in the in the parable of the talents. I want to be the one that he says, you know, you were faithful, and and because you were faithful in that, I'm I'm, I'm going to put you in charge of even more. I mean, yeah. I just want to do my duty, and I and and I think people are beginning to realize that that your rights are not just rights to be enjoyed. With every right comes a responsibility, and and you're mm-hmm. not going to pass those rights on to your kids if we don't start living up to the responsibility part of the formula. Man, that's totally right. I'm hoping, I mean, we're hoping to just raise up a generation of people who actually care enough to get involved. Amen. Before we before we uh, leave today, I got to ask you, because people are always like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What What do you say about President Trump? Where does he go from here? Where do you see him going from here? I'm assuming he's not going to get into uh, a Black Hawk helicopter and land on the roof of the White House with a bazooka. So where is he going to go from here? What can we expect from him? I kind of think he's not done in the public square. Definitely not. You know, in, in which route he goes, there's so many things he could do, um, whether he remakes social media as we know it in this country or. or I even, would vote for that. Yeah, that and, and media <laughs> in general. I mean, he could he could have such an impact there. I think the 1776 commission could be continued out, outside of the White House, right, that he could actually have a whole push for restoration of those principles and education like you were saying before. And so I think he's kind of taking his time here to really look at the lay of the land and, and decide which route to take. He may do all of them. 
him. Um, a lot of it depends on if he really does want to come back and run again in four years. But um, I, I just think it's unlimited. There's a there's a movement out there of 75 million people that, you know, he was the figurehead of it, but it's the principles behind that movement that, yeah. that really binds everybody. But he's just the one that's in a best position to to direct a lot of that a lot of that energy. So I couldn't I couldn't give you a, a good guess on which one of those routes he takes. But I think you're 100 percent right. He's definitely not done. The Trump family is not done. Um, I, I think they're going to continue to be a force for good in our nation. And and Heidi, I say that as someone who was not a supporter four years ago. I voted for him and ended up campaigning for him the last two months, last two or three months. But in the primary, I was very much against him. And I, and I was having one of those moments where I was like, man, I was really down after he got yeah. the nomination because I thought he was going to be terrible. I thought he was going to be a unconstitutional, all of those things. be a rhino for sure. Yeah. yeah, I thought all of that. And you know what? I'm glad God's in charge and not me because he became absolutely the best president of my lifetime, most pro-life, all of those things that, that we're for. And so even now, I would say to those who are feeling that that little bit of depression out there, I would say you don't know what God's doing. And sometimes yeah. we need a little judgment uh, in order to, you know, get us in gear and, and to be convicted of of some of the things that are happening in our country. And so maybe God's using this and and it to wake up a country. And, and maybe there is, you know, I mean, clearly he has a plan. Um, and, and who knows, maybe we're going to deal with judgment for years to come. I don't think so. I think there's too much of a remnant in our country. I think he will have mercy on us if that remnant continues to grow. So just know that God's in charge and know that our duty doesn't change. No matter who's in the white house, whether we're winning or losing, our duty is the same. And so we Mm -hmm. are, our strategy might change a little, our tactics might change with, with whatever happens, but our duty to be engaged, our duty to tend the garden, as we've talked about, that doesn't change. And, and, you know, so we can be somewhat level-headed and unemotional about that part is that, Hey, I'm going to do what God called me to do. And I'm going to listen close. I'm going to have discernment about the actions that I take. But one thing's for sure, I'm not going to give up. Yeah, it's so important. Don't give up. Don't give up all throughout scripture. That's a theme in the Bible. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Uh, Tell listeners, there are a lot of new people at the podcast. Uh, Since Facebook keeps banning me, my podcast is growing. So that's exciting. So where can people who have never heard about you and what you're doing, which is so awesome uh, over at Patriot Academy, can you give us the 30 second Patriot Academy plug and what, uh, if you're going to direct the listener today to a place there, where would that be right? now? I would say the one thing that everyone can do that that we are seeing make a huge difference is host a class in your home or at your church. We have multiple classes available. They're all built around the Constitution. I teach it in Independence Hall, but especially this new one, Biblical Citizenship in Modern America, totally free. We give it away. Go to constitutioncoach.com. You can sign up for free. We'll teach you how to be a coach. You don't have to know anything or have done anything like this before. Um, And it gives you a chance to have fellowship with people, to sharpen each other's countenance. And everybody leaves with hope. They leave with action steps. And we've seen little campaign teams come out of these classes where someone will run for commissioner or whatever it might be. It really is making a difference. It's easy to do. Anybody can do it. And it's just a great place to start. And, And in that class, you'll learn more about our youth leadership programs and all the other things we're doing. But constitutioncoach.com is the easiest place to start. I love that. Hey, I've got a question for you. I bet no one's asked you this question before. Are you guys selling t-shirts yet? I really want to know. <laughs> My so wife I just said a- yesterday when we when we were spending all that money on swag at this little little restaurant we went to, she's like, 
we have got to start making T-shirts for Patriot Academy. <laughs> so we we've had some before that we didn't. You know, we it was one of those deals where you go online and you give them your logo and they put it on a shirt when you order. But we we really do want to. We, we we've got a place that we recommend called DefenderGear.com, Defender-Gear.com, and they've got some really cool patriotic stuff. And and that's what I wear in all my videos and stuff. So we do recommend them, but we don't we don't actually have our own Patriot Academy T-shirts yet. You should you should think about it. So uh, Turning Point USA, I love their I love their gear too. And I got a sweatshirt the other, you know, my mom told me never to say the word sucks. She was like, that's a terrible word, but the, sometimes it just fits and, and sometimes it just fits. Right. So I ordered the sweatshirt and it says socialism sucks. That's all <laughs> on the front of the sweatshirt. And I mean, I wore it all through, I wore it to the grocery store, no mask, you know, I wore it everywhere. You can't, I cannot tell how many people stopped me and said, thank you so much. Somebody just needs to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, my friend, you are a national treasure. I thank you so much for what you're doing to engage the culture and help uh, people get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Never been more important time for people to support what you are doing. And I greatly appreciate you come. I feel better already. So thank you for coming on here and spending some time with me and with our audience. Uh, you have just been a huge blessing and I thank you so much. Well, Heidi, God bless you. Appreciate what you do. Appreciate your listeners out there and uh, just keep it up. I mean, let's stay in the fight. Fight. Don't grow weary in well-doing and uh, and keep doing our duty. I think God's not done with America yet, and we've got some great days ahead. There's going to be some tough times, uh, but I truly believe joy comes in the morning, and uh, we've got some great victories ahead of us as well. Thank you so much. That's encouraging. You guys want more information about Rick Green and the Patriot Academy? I will link back to all things Rick Green in the show notes today, and maybe we can talk him into getting some swag. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day, and I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.